Amen, amen. We are Christians by our love. And our scripture today talks about that exact same thing. Jesus' instructions that we be known uh, by our love. I invite you to rise as you are able for the sharing of God's holy word. Today we are reading this familiar passage for many of us from John chapter 15, uh, verses 9 through 17. But I invite you all, whether you are uh, worshiping in person or worshiping online, to hear and receive these words anew today. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. May God add blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of this portion of God's holy word. Is is the word of God for us, the people of God? And so let us join our voices together and say, thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. And will you join me in an attitude of prayer? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Musicians, poets, authors, many people throughout history have asked the question that Hathaway asked in their song, What is love? What is love? Shakespeare asked if love was a fancy or a feeling. And the Disney movie Enchanted had a song entitled, That's How You Know You Are Loved. What these poets and these authors and these writers and what so many who explore what love means come to discover and to share with us is that love is not just a word that we say, um, but it is something that is experienced. It, It is something that changes our lives through action. Love, true love, makes a difference. Our scripture lesson for today comes out of Jesus's farewell message, his farewell message to his disciples, whom in this passage he calls his friends. In his last gathering with his friends before he is to die, he gives them this message reminding them of love and the importance of it. He says it many times uh, throughout this farewell message because he knows that they will struggle when he is gone. They will struggle to stay connected with him. They will struggle to love. And so he must remind them of that importance because he knows that love does indeed make a difference. He reminds the disciples to abide in him, to stay connected with him, to remain in him, as some translations translate this passage. They are to remain and to abide in his love in order that they may be changed 
and that they may then experience love and share love with others, that they might bear the fruit of love, he says, fruit that will last. As Jesus is saying these things, then, we can come to the conclusion that love leads to love. When you are loved and when you experience love, then you can share love. Love leads to love. Simple enough, right? Hmm. Well, my friend Jeremy, as I was gathering with a group of friends in high school, sharing my frustrations of students at my school campus who bore the name of Christ and who knew the commandments of Jesus, who even said that they loved everyone, but sometimes didn't do so very nicely, I was expressing my frustrations to some of my friends about this group of students. This group that would bully and would gossip, that would call other students names and make fun of those that they deemed as sinners. My friend Jeremy, who was sitting at the table, who at the time was an agnostic himself, said, well, I mean, I'm not an expert, (laughs) but it seems to me that by reading and hearing about the Jesus that's in the Bible, it seems pretty simple. It seems like Jesus is telling us to love. And then we should love, and love should be the goal. It seems pretty simple, right? Well, Jeremy was right that the message is a simple one. That as we hear Jesus when he goes into the temple and is asked what the greatest commandment of all is, he said, You love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. You love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. Pretty simple. But just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. These words of Jesus' in today's reading follow last week's reading. And we can hear some of the same language in our scripture for today. Language where Jesus says that he is the vine. And that God the Father is the vineyard keeper. And that we are the branches that are called to be connected to the vine. Jesus mentioned in, earlier in this farewell message that, that the vine often requires, that the branches often require pruning so that they can bear fruit. So that they can greater be connected to the vine. But I don't know if you've seen vines and branches, but they are oftentimes a tangled mess. It is very difficult to discern where the vine and the branches begin, and they are often messy and d- messy, and they struggle to get through and to bear fruit. And that's why you do have to prune them. But in that process, oftentimes the branches themselves may struggle to survive. Preacher and writer, author Beth Moore said that many times branches in these circumstances can feel like they are about to die under the struggle of pruning and of growing with the vine. That these branches may feel like they're going to break under the struggle that they experience. But the vine is more powerful than that struggle. The love of God is more powerful than the struggle that we experience and go through. Jesus refers to the love of the Father, the love that the Father has for him, as comparable to the love that he has for his 
friends, as he calls them. The love of God the Father in Jesus' life is a challenging love. It's a love that, that molds and that shapes and that prunes Jesus in his life. It is a love that is demanding. It is a love that takes Jesus all the way to the cross. But it also is a love that empowers Jesus in his ministry. Jesus does what he does. He loves as he does to the point of death on a cross because of the love that the Father has for him. And so we who are Jesus's followers, who are branches that are seeking to be connected to the vine, we who are Jesus's friends, as he calls them in this passage, we do as we do. We follow his commandment. We love because he first loved us. Love comes from love. I'm convinced that one of the greatest barriers to love begins with a lack of love. That one of the reasons that we may struggle most to love others is because we struggle to experience love ourselves. You may remember what, uh, when Jesus was questioned in the temple about that greatest commandment, and he said that the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said the second is like that. But he's, when he said that second part, this part about loving your neighbor, love your neighbor, he said, as yourself. Now, sometimes that's really difficult, and sometimes I think we may do a good job of loving our neighbor as ourselves, but we may not love ourselves very well to begin with. But here, in this part of Jesus' passage, he doesn't say that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you love others as I have loved you. Maybe Jesus knew that we struggle to love ourselves. Maybe he knew that the disciples that would abandon him and that would go through difficult times when he died would struggle to forgive and to love themselves. And so he says, you love others because I have loved you. And the love of Jesus echoing that of the Father is a love that is deep and a love that is eternal, and a love that is everlasting, and a love that, yes, challenges us, but a love that also sustains us. It is a love that is deeper than anything we can experience. We are called to love because that is the way that we are loved. In 2009, there was a story that aired on ESPN that was a really powerful story about the power that love can have in someone's life. It began with the story of D'Artagnan Crockett, a young boy growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, whose mother had died when he was eight and whose father was in and out of prison and battling addiction. To add to the struggles, D'Artagnan was legally blind. As a sophomore in high school, by the time he got to that point, he was couch surfing uh, on friends' couches to survive. He believed himself in this moment to be useless and his life to be hopeless. Being a black kid in the inner city with physical limitations or what people call a disability, 
you've already written off. You're, you're basically useless, D'Artagnan said. While on a school wrestling team, though, D'Artagnan encountered another person uh, that also struggled with hopelessness, that also struggled with meaning and purpose and feeling valued. Leroy Sutton was in a train accident, and as part of that train accident, he lost both of his legs. He struggled, like D'Artagnan, with feeling like he had anything to offer, with feeling like he was worthless, feeling like he was unloved and like there was no hope for him. The boys bonded in a, in, in a way over this camaraderie of struggle that was solidified when there was no handicap accessible uh, entrance to the school bus on a wrestling trip. And so D'Artagnan put Leroy on his back. This began the way that they would often travel together, with Leroy helping D'Artagnan to see and D'Artagnan helping Leroy to walk. An ESPN producer, Lisa Finn, discovered the boy's story and decided she must see it firsthand. And so she began following the school wrestling team. She realized, though, that through their coach, that while this was a wonderful, heartfelt story, that upon graduation, the boys were not primed for much success because of their lack of resources and the lack of support. She witnessed this fear that the boys had and this insecurity about their lives when the locker room was broken into and all of the belongings of the wrestlers had been taken. D'Artagnan went into a rage as he angrily shouted about how this was so awful. It was so awful because everything he owned was in that locker. All of his money that he had to his name, his social security card, his driver's license, how was he going to move forward? He had nothing. He didn't have any backups. He didn't have savings. This was it. And he was on his own. How was he going to survive? How was Leroy going to survive with his struggles and his difficulties when his stuff had been taken as well? And so in that moment, Lisa Finn and her cameramen, who were watching this story unfold and following these boys on their journey, broke the rule of journalism and lent assistance offering $200 and helping the boys to get their paperwork that they needed, to get identification cards and everything that needed to get set up for them to continue to live their lives. When the story that Lisa Finn wrote and produced broke on ESPN in 2009, they were flooded with letters of support. And the boys were able to then receive college scholarships um, because of the story that aired. And yet that was not the end of Lisa Finn's interaction with D'Artagnan and Leroy. It was just the beginning. As they struggled through college and figuring out their paths, she was with them each and every step of the way, helping them to budget, helping them to manage their money, helping them to plan, and each and every day reminding them that they had worth and that they had value and that they were loved through much difficulty and 
intense perseverance through struggle, D'Artagnan ended up winning a bronze medal in the Paralympics. Leroy ended up a father uh, and struggled through that before finally graduating from college and becoming a video game tester. Both of these young men, along their terribly difficult journeys, often felt like everything would fall apart. But they reached out. They reached out to one another and they reached out to Lisa. And they were there for each other and so was she. She showed them love that they had not experienced before. And because of that, they were able to show love to one another. They were able to show love to those around them. Beginning in 2013, Leroy would write a poem to Lisa every Mother's Day. The first one went like this. When I first met you, those were dark days. In that time, I was stuck in my dark way. There was no light, so you set the world ablaze and you snapped me out of that phase. Then you went further, show me, showed me you cared, answered my calls, and now I know you'll be there. Then you ask questions, so I slowly shared. The world you show me is simply more fair. You pulled me out of a world where it was not clear. Glad you did. There was no more air. But now these days I'm full of smile and full of play. Hope you feel loved today. So I'd like to take this moment to say, I, thank you, Mom. I love you. Now, Lisa was not the biological mother of these boys, but the love that she showed was a love of the mother and a love that echoes the mothering, caring love of God. In their relationship with one another and with Lisa, D'Artagnan and Leroy received love, and they were then able to share love. And they were able to have lives that flourished. That is what God's intent is for us in the world. God's intent is for the fruit of love to be born and for life to flourish. Now there's lots of questions that arise when we really dig deep into what it means to love one another. What it means to follow Jesus' commandments. Certainly there are people like the ones that I interacted with in high school who proclaim love but often fail to live it out. Who proclaim love and who proclaim the name of Jesus but that sometimes their actions don't necessarily mimic that. How do we know then if our actions are love or not? How do we discern what is the love of God lived out in this world and what is just words? How do we know if we are allowing ourselves to be transformed by the love of Jesus? I believe it comes with the fruit that is born. After all, Jesus says, I've appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Fruit of love is what he is talking about. If our words and actions, even if we claim the name of love, if those words and actions do harm, or if they cause pain or greed, injustice, suicide, abuse, then they are bad fruit. And that what is behind them, the heart of the matter, is not the love of Christ. If, however, in words and deeds we see flourishing 
And we see faithfulness and healing and generosity and freedom and joy. These are the fruits of love. And Christ is indeed in them. They are fruits of love that are made possible by our connection to the vine. Love made possible by the love that is first received. To be connected with Christ as branches are connected to the vine is often messy. It is struggle. It is challenge. That love that the Father had for Jesus took Jesus into places he did not want to go. (laughs) And oftentimes the love of God draws us into places and calls us into spaces of love that are indeed difficult. But the love of Jesus that is felt and experienced changes our lives and empowers us to love, empowers us to bear the fruit of love more and more. So friends, today I hope that you will know that you are loved deeply by the one who calls you friend by the one whose love for you is so deep and so great that it goes to sacrifice, right? No greater love has one than this to give up one's life for one's friend, and that is exactly what Jesus did. You are loved, you are valued, you are precious. And I pray that as you experience that love of Christ, that it may transform you, that it may change you, that it may empower you, to go forth and to share love, that love, that Jesus life-flourishing love with all around you so that more and more fruit can blossom and the world can be transformed into a flourishing kingdom of God. Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for your love that is indeed everlasting, for your love that knows no bounds. We give you thanks that you seek to be connected with us and that we are invited to abide in you. God, I pray today that you will just pour out your love on those who are gathered here in person and those who are worshiping with us online in their homes and communities that you will just rain down your love upon each and every one of us, that we can experience it, that we can be transformed by it, and that we can share it, and that we can look around us and see the fruit of your love and life blooming and flourishing all across this world. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.